Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is December the 17th, 2022. Hopefully this podcast episode finds you well. Good spirits. High hopes, right? Yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay, yay. Um, not too much to report in foods and bevies. Nothing special, nothing crazy. Um, also, not much going on between this episode and last. So we can just get into the news. We can just zoom right on in. Um, the first thing I got, um, sadly some sad news, but I mean, hopefully some potential justice we'll see. Um, I got it from, what is it? The Associated Press. Also, there is another article that, uh, the Associated Press did on the 21st that, you know, coincides with this article and I really feel like it helps. So we'll just read both titles off. Louisiana officers charged in black motorist deadly arrest. And then, let's see, I'm scared. AP obtains video of deadly arrest of black man. <coughs> now, uh, Ronald Green was pulled over for a um, unspecified traffic violation. Um, he was driving, I think at the time they had recorded at like 115, like, and this is like during the chase. Um, but I believe he was rammed or was like, there was an accident that happened. So he's rammed the cops pull up on him and there is about six officers, I believe. And I want to kind of get their names right. Corey Harpin. Uh, then there is Christopher Hart or. Yeah, Christopher Harpin. Then there is also Trooper Dakota DeMoss. Um, Lieutenant John Clary. And then, let's see, Captain John Peters. And then also Chris Hollinsworth. Um, these guys were all involved in various ways. Also, um... I believe uh, it is DeMoss's body camera that captured the most footage of the arrest. But, I mean, in my opinion, it is barbaric. It's barbaric in the scale of what they're going to call, like, the resistance. And not to mention, there was one of the officers who had had blown up what had happened, who had inflated Green's resistance and said, like, he was, you know, this all was worth it, more or less. They, They used the term in the other article that the AP has in the I'm Scared one. Uh, awful, but lawful. And I, shit makes me fucking nauseous. Like, people have these kind of notions that if you break any law, no matter what it is, you, whatever happens in, in that pursuit, you deserve it. You deserve, you deserve to get beaten to death. If you get bloodied, whatever. It, like, it, it, it's always this fucking logic. I mean, it was applied even to, um, you know, Brittany Griner, where it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's crazy that she's going to be spending, like, nine years in jail. But, like, she did bring weed. You can't bring weed around. That's fucked up, man. Like, this, it's draconian, the logic in that kind of thought processes. Um, but, I mean, naturally, these cops are, you know, running on this logic. And I, you can kind of feel this intensity in the video. Um, they're dragging him. They're beating him. They're beating him senseless. At some point, he literally, you know, he says, I'm scared. He apologizes to the officers. He's literally saying, I'm sorry. He's like, he calls them brother at some point because he's trying to appeal to their humanity. And they're just not having it. And they beat him literally bloody. Um, They then um, 
have him cuffed. They drag him. Um, at that point, he's not resisting doing anything. They drag him by the ankles. Um, I think at one point, one of the officers goes, yeah, shit hurts, don't it? I mean, and then at another point, they're like, oh, man, I hope this guy doesn't have fucking AIDS. Or, you know, I hope because he, he got all his blood on him. And it's just, it's disgusting. Um, there's a quote from Chris Hollingsworth. I beat the ever-living fuck out of him. Um, now, Hollingsworth, who I think was the um, one who was seen as the most culpable, he actually died in 2020 in a uh, single-vehicle high-speed uh, crash. So I don't know if like that's pursued or whatever, but um, so uh, but that okay that was after he had found out he was going to be informed. So I guess that wasn't in pursuit of justice or duty there. I think he just got was mauling and then died. I don't fucking know. Fuck him. Um, let's see. But the other five have been charged. The thing that's the most I think fucked up. Well, no, I mean, obviously, the, the cops doing this, and we know, like, the charges aren't even that deep. Uh, we're talking, like, malfeasance and criminal negligence. Like, come on, come on. Neg- negligent homicide and 10 counts of malfeasance in office. Or, that that might just be for the one person, my bad. Um, let's see. It, Thursday, they were charged with state crimes ranging from negligent homicide to malfeasance. And this was from a, this is from 2019, May 10th, 2019. We are now 2022 and it just goes to show the level of suppression that these officers used in house. Also, this goes up to the top. Even the governor was involved. They got to see this footage and then didn't do anything about it. They didn't make any actions, didn't make any movement to um, get out ahead of the shit and actually do something right. And um, that's obviously fucked up. I mean, I want to say, and, and the governor who was involved is John Bell Edwards. I do want to try to get some of these names out here. So it's like, you know, we're actually discussing this shit. Um, I, I think the best we really can do is is just hold, quote unquote, these people accountable in public. You know what I mean? Just like make sure that people know who they are and what they've done. Um, but let's see. Uh, a quote from Mona Hardin. We're all excited for the indictments, but are they actually going to pay for pay for it um which is a good question and um you know they, like like she says in the another quote that we just wanted to stick so just something would be better than fucking nothing but the fact that these officers literally were like pressing down on the people investigating them saying like yo like don't file it this way we're pretty sure that he died from actually a, the car crash impact or whatever this has nothing to do with us beating him up it's like dude no like the, the bits of footage that we fucking have are damning against you guys. Like, what the fuck? So it's crazy that it took literally a whole other fucking article investigation to, like, actually, like, put these motherfuckers to light. And still, here we are from 2019 to 2020 fucking too. So really sad, really fucking shitty. But um, hopefully we get some justice there. Um, and I can keep you posted. Uh, from NPR, uh, Climate. The Keystone Pipeline leaked in Kansas. What makes this spill so bad? And now for starters, this is um, not exactly the same Keystone that is usually often referred to. Um, and I'm not talking about Keystone Light. Um, but essentially, it's the, it is a Keystone Pipeline that is um, 
operated, I guess, by TC Energy or used to be TransCanada. But the XL pipeline was a canceled project and is not related at all. So that's a whole other thing. But this is a pipeline that runs from Canada to Oklahoma, I believe. And um, let's see. TC Energy announced its Keystone pipeline leaked into Mill Creek in Washington County, Kansas. Nearly 600,000 gallons of oil spilled into the waterway as well as the land surrounding it. And um, that's not good. Obviously, whenever you kind of hear about any these kind of leak spills, what have you, you know that there's a lot of environmental damage at play. Um, the fact that this is going to take a very long time is also a factor. It's going to be very expensive to fix and clean up all this stuff. Um, as well as can we fix all of it, you know, is, is always a question, you know. Some of the damage is irreparable. Um, but is uh, what is known is the type of oil that is being... Transported through the pipeline, tar sands oil, also called diluted bitumen. So they say this is like almost like a peanut butter-like consistency quality. And it can be really devastating because once it hits, you kind of have a very short window to maximize your cleanup before if it's in the water, it's only going to sink and then get it even get in worse. And then on land in the soil, it'll seep into the soil and be even harder to get out. And extract so you know that's no good um it's saying that this is gonna take years that doesn't sound great so you know not too much good news to really pull out of this story it is good that they are getting on it but i mean i, I don't know i, I hate to kind of like go on a tangent and make this something else and talk about other things or politicize it if you will but these are the reasons why like having more and more pipelines and, and, and increasing our oil usage and dependency, like, I don't think these are good things because when you have these kind of leaks, and that's the thing too, the 600,000 number, it could easily be more. That's just an intro number. That's just like on the scene first, you know, more or less guess estimate. So, you know, and not to mention too that um, this isn't the first time or the second or the third. Like, you know, this has happened at least 22 times, I think. Um, let's see, they have this in the article, um, 22 accidents from 2010 to 2020. Um, now granted, um, it's less than 50 barrels of oil, um, and, um, were contained on operator controlled property, such as pump stations. So, you know, some are minor, not as major as this, of course, but still you have incidents that this could happen on and, increasing the potential of it is never a good thing so you know it's just something to be mindful about like yes you know when times get tough when we have these world political situations and the next thing you know we don't have oil like we used to and the prices are going up that doesn't mean that like oh we should have our you know we should open all the oil we should make this pipeline like i don't know i'm anti that <laughs> here at isaiah's newsstand we're not really pro those 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 thoughts and you know logic runs but hey you know we'll see we're not the big shots. We don't call the things. We don't call the things and the stuff. Um, let's see. We're halfway, and I'm going to take my break a little early. Yep, that's right. I'm breaking my own rules. There are no rules that I say. Well, there are some rules. There's soft rules that I say as newsstand. I don't really, you know, say them out loud all the time, but there are rules. They're unspoken. <laughs> All 
All right. All right, all right, all right. The next one I got from CNN. U.S. scientists reach long-awaited nuclear fusion breakthrough, source says. For the first time ever, U.S. scientists at the National Ignition Facility at the Lawrence Livermore uh, National Laboratory in California successfully produced a nuclear fusion reaction resulting in a net energy gain. Um, A source familiar with the project confirmed to CNN. So, try to give you a little bit of a rundown here because I am not smart. Um, Essentially, the kind of nuclear fusion... Uh, what am I even getting to? Like, we all know what nuclear fusion is uh, in what types. More or less, we are making things like magnets or um, there are other ways to do it too. Um, but essentially, you're like making massive amounts of heat with this nuclear fission and then fusion, whatever. And we've been able to do this before, but we've never been able to do it so that there's actually a net gain of energy that we can use. So this is good news in that regard that we are finally able to say, oh my gosh, we are now now able to use these magnets and generate like kind of heat. Oh yeah, it's, it's magnets and lasers. And by using these kind of tools and methods, we are now able to like extract heat and that heat can power things. And that's supposed to be super cool and super neat. The problem is the amount of energy that they're able to generate now is like about like I think 10 gallons of water. Like they can boil 10 gallons of water right now with with all this shit. And if you look at some of the hardware they're using, I'm like, this is like some fucking Star Trek, like, you know, deep space shit. I don't know. It's it's really scientific looking. Um it, it definitely, you need to be doing more than boiling a couple of uh, jugs of water um, for all this shit to make it worthwhile. But I think the idea is that these are steps in the right direction and you kind of show this kind of stuff off because you're saying, hey, look, you're funding, uh, you know, from the government, whatever, it's bearing fruit. And if we keep this up, we're going to be able to do things like power um, cities and things of that nature. Um, now I think some of the concern I've kind of been hearing outside of the article, just kind of doing my own research, listening and stuff like that, is that, um, like I said, right now we're just boiling a little bit of water. Like at best, this isn't doing much. What, what are we going to be doing this in like the kind of medium term, you know, maybe once it starts really rolling and getting off the ground. And I think the fear is, is weapons, you know, is military bullshit. Um, which would be a fucking shame if that's the case and that happens. Um, you know, we'd like to use a shit as something that is like a fuel source that gets rid of like fossil fuels. But, you know, people don't want to get through all that fucking entanglement. We'd much rather just blow other shit up. But, I mean, time will tell. We'll see. And when that time comes, I'm hopefully going to be there to uh, talk about it. Uh, let's see. So we're heating things up in one spot. And uh, sadly, um, unfortunately cooling things off in a really wet, damp way in another. That was a weird segue, and uh, but I'm not going to apologize for it. CBS News. Huge saltwater aquarium bursts in Berlin, forcing huge... Ho- or f- forcing hotel evacuation. Um, but yeah, this, aqu- this aquarium is really cool looking. It's really a shame that it uh, broke. It is called the Aquadom. Uh, essentially, it was sitting in this hotel... 
And literally, you could actually, there was an elevator that would take you, you know, up through the hotel. And it was like an open, like, I don't know how to describe it, open windowed elevator. So you could, like, as you're going up, you could see all this, um, you know, saltwater life. Um, it's very cool installation. It had, uh, geez, 265,000 gallons of water and 1,500 fish in it. And um, it broke early morning on Friday, and all the fish, all the water just spilled out. Um, luckily, I think a lot of it spilled out onto the streets and into the gutters, but sadly, all the fish died. They weren't able to save any of the fish. So that's an RIP. That's a damn shame. Um, but let's see. I mean, there's not too, too much to report on it. I, I would definitely... Uh, suggest go looking up the photos because one, the aquarium is beautiful, and two, like it's just crazy. The shots, like it's just the spill out is crazy. It almost looks like a Titanic scene. Um, only two people were injured though. You know, nothing other than that. Nothing super serious, so that's good. Um, but yeah, R.P. those fish. That's a damn shame. Um, but yeah, we got one more thing to go, so I'm gonna back to back, and then we'll get into it. Get real limber. Okay. Now, this is a little bit of soft news. You know, nothing major. I know I could have covered this on the Patreon. But hey, sometimes you could say it's a slow week or sometimes I'm just kind of in the mood. Plus, it's an update. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, but from Good Morning America, Prince William's godmother meets with woman who accused her of racism at Buckingham Palace. So, you know, for the, the avid listeners, for the newsies out there, y'all already know what I'm getting into pretty much. Uh, this is an update on the uh, Lady Susan Hussey. What an amazing name. And Nagazi Fulani. Uh, the situation that happened, you know, with them and more or less where are you from? Like, no, where where are you from really, actually? Because uh, you're definitely not from here. You're not from sister space or whatever. Like, like essentially, she was like, you, where's your black place from? <laughs> your ethnic home. Which I think she just, I guess in her, her lily white brain, just it just didn't, didn't click. It didn't link up. But that's, uh, that's a bad move. Bad move, governor. And um, so, yeah, I mean, hey, we will take an apology. That's more or less the long short here. Uh, we read a quote. At this meeting filled with warmth and understanding, Lady Susan offered her sincerest apologies for the comments that were made at the, in the distress they caused Miss Fulani. Uh, the statement said, this is like a statement from Buckingham Palace. Lady Susan has pledged to deepen her awareness of her sensitivities involved and is grateful for the opportunity to learn more in the issues about the issues in this area. Um, now, I'm not sure if I mentioned or I'm pretty sure I did. She stepped down like she immediately was like, OK, well, not even immediately. I, I think they her and the what is it? The the queen escort. You, Charles's wife, I can't, I can't remember, you know, the second best, <laughs> but essentially 
um, she stepped down, she stepped away. Um, but I guess this was them doing a little bit more PR press control with an official apology. Um, I haven't heard anything from Fulani, Fulani outside of this, and I would be very interested. Um, the statement kind of says that they like kind of want everybody to chill after this. Also, um, I think uh, Prince William, who wasn't directly involved, he actually was in Boston or something. He came back and issued a statement. And uh, I'm kind of glad he was mentioned here, uh, obviously, just to kind of show the links and the ties, you know, why this hussy person matters. But they've actually been making the rounds, uh, the prince, because of Harry's and Meghan's uh, documentary that took place on Netflix. So essentially, they did a whole Netflix documentary, and it's from their side telling their story about everything that was going going on, um, you know, with them being a part of the royal family, all of the uh, the pressure, all of the scrutiny, all of the uh, scandal that was taking place, you know, throughout. And uh, a lot of tea was spilled. It was really funny because you guys know I listen to a lot of, you know, news podcasts and stuff like that. I use that for a lot of, like, reference and news gathering, whatever. Um, and it's always funny. I talk about spin a lot. And even though, like, the BBC's, like, you know, center-right, if you will, right-center, um, I generally find them to be very easy to listen to as opposed to some others. Like, I like a lot of CNN. I like Start Here type shit. Um, but then you have, like, Fox News and their version of right is, like, too right for me. I can't, I can't. I can't fuck with that. I can do neutral, like, NPR, what have you. But, um... BBC is generally pretty chill. Like, they don't actually show it too hard. I feel like you have to kind of know and look for it, hear for it. But I will say when it comes to the, the royal shit, whenever it's the royals, that's when you see the most spin. And when it came down to hearing the week-to-week, -week, like, them talking about the Netflix stuff because it came out in two parts, they're like, they would have a guy come on. And it's like, yeah, so it's more or less like he's just talking to shit. He's just saying it. He's just really like airing it out. And it really doesn't land. It really is not doing too much. It, like they were playing it down as much as possible. Um, I personally haven't really listened to it. I've only heard the little snippets. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's definitely crazy how this, this whole fucking show is allowed to go on in terms of like the royal family. <laughs> I don't mean that as like, oh, they're so evil, oh, but they're a figurehead for like just stupid colonial bullshit. And like, if we're a modern society, it just doesn't make sense to me why they are still here. But you know, hey, whatever. Pop off, kings and queens. <laughs> do do your thing, I guess, <laughs> for the monarchy. <laughs> oh man. All right. I'm sorry. I'm 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 spiraling out here. Uh, that's for listening to the episode. I appreciate you hanging out, listening to me. Hopefully it's been a good time, a fun vibe, and hopefully you learned a little something. Hopefully you've been edutained, if you will. Uh, that's the whole purpose here, right? And um, also to make money. I'm farming for money. No, <laughs> uh, I do have a Patreon, though. We can talk about it. You know, somebody mentioned that. Um, Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, $5, it gets you some bonus episodes, it gets you Discord access, gets you, what else does it get you? A shout out on the podcast, once a month, I shout out all my newsies, a little newsy roll call, 
And um, also you can um, shout out something you want on the podcast, whether it's your own thing that you're doing or if you want me to talk about a specific news thing that's going on somewhere in the world. If, even if it's here in the backyard of good old Ohio. That's right. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> um, we can talk about it. We can get local. We can get real specific um, if you pay me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, free ways to hit me up. Gmail.com slash Isaiah News 1. Apparently the first one was taken. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and I'm on all these socials, all the good ones, all the ones that are like, you know, fun, not hacked. Oh, well, no, they're all pretty hacked at this point. But, you know, the good ones, the fun ones, the special ones. Um, anyway, uh, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye bye. <laughs>